0: Welcome back. Um, Once again, we're in Proverbs uh, chapter one. We're getting close to the end of this chapter, but we've still got a lot to work on. There's a lot here in these last verses that will really help us in our life of walking with God. So let's begin Proverbs one, uh, verse 20, and we'll read through to the end of the chapter. Wisdom shouts in the street. Wisdom lifts her voice in the square at the head of the noisy streets. She cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. And you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes, when your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof so they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. All right. Well, as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer because we need need him as much now as we did when we started. Father... Here we are before your word, and I pray, Lord, that you would just work in the hearts of all of us to make it real. And that we would see that it is not a small thing, but a matter of life and death. That it impacts eternity, Lord, please. Lord, I want these young people to be full of joy, to be light-hearted, and to, to know what it is like to laugh, and yet at the same time, Lord, to realize that life is also a solemn adventure and that there are great and wonderful and terrible decisions to make. Oh, Father, I pray that they would cling to your Son, out of need, but mostly, Lord, out of love. Guide them, raise up a people, Lord, better than my people, better than me, better than my generation, a people for your own glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, just quickly, we'll run through. We see that wisdom is accessible. She's shouting in the streets. She's on the street corners. She's in the busy places. She's in the marketplaces. She's in the crossroads. Um, She's at the gates of the city everywhere crying out. But also there are other voices crying out that would not be considered wisdom because they're not according to the word of God. And you have to learn to hear what is true, to discern what is right and to follow it. Then we go on in verse 22. She talks about naive ones that love being ignorant simple-minded about the virtues that God calls us to follow. Not only that, but they're their scoffers who not only hate God's law, but they hate those who would try to obey God's law and fools who hate knowledge because they would rather again live in darkness and be content than be exposed to the light and called to turn from their sin, their foolishness and to turn back to God. Then we see here, verse 23, that that although mankind is this way, but wisdom rather than judging, you see, judging would be wisdom saying, I've had enough of you. I'll never call to you again. But no wisdom says, turn to my reproof and then promises, great promises to pour to pour out our spirit, to make the words of God known to us and that, and that no one's come to an end of what they could know about God, even in this life. And then go on. And here we have an indictment in verses 24 and 25. She says, Because I called and you refused. I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. And you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. Here is the indictment. So they they were foolish. Uh, they were haters of knowledge. They did not fear the Lord. And that should have been enough to, to bring judgment. And yet... Mercy, with pity, continues to call out. But even, even after calling out again and again with great patience, we see that there's, in this case, an ongoing rejection. And we want to look at that rejection, and we want to avoid it ourselves with, with all our strength. Now, it says in verse 24, Because I called, and you refused. Now, I, I have written down here... um You refuse to listen, to pay attention, to heed me. Now, automatically, when you hear this kind of language, you're thinking maybe of a violent reaction against wisdom that, well, you know, maybe a cursing, a verbal expression of I don't want your wisdom. I hate you. I hate God. I hate hate everything that has to do with righteousness. And, And that does happen. But here's what I want you to see, young person. In this first part, I called and you refused. I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. You can do this while calmly sitting in your parents' home and listening to a Bible study without speaking a word. You can do this by sitting respectfully in church. But inside, you just simply do not care. You do not see the importance of it. And so your 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 mind just wanders. You think about absolutely anything because you simply do not care about what's being said to you. Now, before we go on, let me say this. All of us, you know, when we're sitting in church, we have to practice discipline. There are times when all of us, our minds wander. Even when there's great preaching and teaching, our minds are prone to wander. As the songwriter said, you know, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Um, we are. So I don't want you to come under condemnation if you're a young person and you're sitting in your mom and dad's Bible study or you're sitting at, at home or you're sitting at church and your mind begins to wander and you're fighting against it. And you think, well, I'm a rebel against God. No, if you're fighting against it and you're seeking to know, and, but you're struggling and you're weak, that doesn't make you a rebel. A rebel is someone that, yes, can be verbally abusive to what's being said. I do not want knowledge of the Holy One, but can also be someone who's just sitting there and you're abiding your time. You know that your parents think, wow, he's obedient. He's sitting there. He's not squirming. He's looking at me. He's listening. But in your mind, you could care less. What you need to realize is that is that you are walking down the road of a fool. And the more you walk down that road, the more sealed you will be in your fate. I've written here, you may sit at wisdom's feet and nod your head. You may even extol the virtues of wisdom. Talk about wisdom. That if you've ever read Pilgrim's Progress, and I highly recommend it, talkative. Talk, 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 talk. But the, the talk never reached um, behavior. It never changed context. uh, conduct. It never changed the direction of talkative's life. It was hypocrisy from the word go. So you can sit there quietly. You can look right in the teacher's eye. You can pay attention. You can even verbalize and extol wisdom. And maybe because you've sat in so many Bible studies, you can sit there with a bunch of other young people and you know more than all of them put together. But I want you to know that none of that matters if you're not seeking To grasp wisdom, if you're not disciplining yourself to hear and understand, if you're not lamenting the times when you're apathetic, then you're on the road of a fool. And it is a very, very dangerous road. Now, look at verse 24. Um, Because I called and you refused. Now, it's one thing um, for me to call you from a distance, you know. It's quite another thing for me to not only call, but to run to you. And it's quite another thing for me to run to you and to stretch out my hand. And here again, what are we seeing? That wisdom is doing everything wisdom can do to pull you back into the right road. But are you listening? Are you obeying or are you rejecting And I want to say this again, even though I'm going to sound like a broken record. Rejection isn't necessarily clenching your face and shaking it at at God or the one trying to teach you wisdom. It's just simply you don't care. You could care less. And that is quite an an offense to a person. Uh, Let's say that a person sits down with you and begins to share things from their life about who they are. And within a few moments, they just see that, you're, you don't even care. Well, there's hardly a greater offense. Well, it's the same thing when, when when someone is teaching God's word, and not only are well, it's not that we're struggling to discipline our mind to hear. We just not even given an effort. That shows that there's something very wrong in the heart. Now, I want you to see something that I think is is very very important. Uh, turn with me, hold your place, and let's just go to Isaiah 65. This is again repeated by Paul in the book of Romans. And and he says this, and he's talking about um, the people of Israel that were a fortunate people that had the oracles of God, Isaiah 65, and and, and the blessings. They had the oracles, they had the tabernacle, the temple, the sacrifices, everything. And in verse one of chapter 65, he says, I permitted myself to be sought by those who did not ask for me. You know, we didn't even ask for God to send a savior, did we? He sent one, even though not only did we not ask, we didn't want one. This this shows you the heart of God, how God is is like that father of the prodigal. He's he's running toward us. He's extending his hand. He's calling. And and it's a beautiful thing, but also it shows us that we are literally without excuse if we do not take his hand. He said, I permitted myself to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am. Here I am. Remember about Hebrew literature and language and we talk about repetition. You know, holy, holy, holy in Isaiah six, it's God really is holy. And when he said, here I am, here I am. The idea is he just isn't whispering it or being nonchalant or or basically I, I'm here. You know, if you want me, don't worry about it. No, he's saying, look over here. It's kind of the same way we saw in one of our earlier lessons. Behold, take note, pay attention. Here I am. Here I am. You have no wisdom and you have no hope and you're in a dangerous land like a sheep without a shepherd. Here I am. And he stretches forth his hand. He says, I said, here I am, here I am to a nation which did not call on my name. And, and, and this is so very important. It's very humbling. It exalts God. It humbles us that um, I oftentimes hear young believers. You know, they'll say, well, I was seeking for God and seeking for God and seeking for God. And I found Him." And um, I'm not going to don't when you hear someone talk that way, be very tender. Don't just jump on them and say things like you didn't find God. You weren't looking for God. God was looking for you and all these other things. Don't say that. Don't crush somebody. But begin to show them, you know, you tell me you were seeking God and I believe you. I believe you. But if you were seeking God, it means that God was seeking you first. That God's the one that always initiates the relationship. I heard one preacher say or several preachers say this, you know, a sinner seeks for God in the same way a criminal seeks for a policeman or a judge. Um, you say, well, but I did seek for God. Yes, but only because he was seeking first for you. He loved us when we did not love him. And so, again, all this love and compassion, and mercy and initiative of God in seeking us shows us that we're without excuse. Verse two, I have spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people. You know, it's kind of like wisdom in the streets, right? In in chapter one of Proverbs, it doesn't just say that every once in a while, wisdom passes through the streets. No, wisdom is in the streets, in every part of the street, every corner, every busy intersection, every gate of the city. Wisdom is crying out. and He says all day long. This is the patience of God. It's an amazing thing, a comforting thing. But don't young person, look, don't play around with the patience of God. It doesn't bring honor to him. It shows foolishness on your part when God calls, come. When God calls, come. I spread out my hands all day long to rebellious people who walk in the way which is not good, following their own thoughts. There is a way that seems right unto a man, and it leads to death. It is not a good way to walk. But to be honest with you, it, it is the way that a great majority of people do walk. Don't be one of them. Don't live your life doing what is right in your own eyes. I mean, even people who claim a sincere faith in Christ and may have, but are very immature, they, they, Maybe yes, love God to a degree, and and have even been converted, but they they don't realize that their own thoughts are not worth following; that the Word of God is worth following. Now, look what He says in verse twenty-five: "And you neglected all my counsel." Um, the word "neglect" here is to let alone, to let go, to avoid, to ignore, to disregard. You see, we're not talking about someone who takes a Bible and rips it in two and throws it on the floor. We're not talking about someone who stands up in the middle of church and starts screaming at the preacher. We're not talking about a young person who tells off their mom and dad and runs out of the living room. We're talking about neglect. Neglect is a very, very dangerous thing in time. Maybe not at the beginning, but in time it will get you. You neglect putting oil in your car and pretty soon you'll be walking. You neglect personal hygiene and pretty soon you probably won't have many friends and then it will turn into something of an illness. You neglect your eating habits and it will wreak havoc on your health. Do you see? So so maybe not at first. It doesn't look like this big explosion of rebellion, but it's just neglect. And it means you just don't care and you just don't care either because you want to walk in your own way or you simply don't believe God. So he says. You neglected, look at this, all my counsel. Now, here's something I want you to see. Be very careful at picking and choosing as a youngster. If your dad says to you, hey, um, I have decided we're going on vacation to the beach. And you say, I, I'll choose to follow that one. Or I have decided we're going to have a barbecue tomorrow on the 4th of July. Well, you go, I, I'm going to follow dad's counsel on that. I think that's a good idea. Then dad comes up with another counsel that, uh son, you've been running with friends who uh have a terrible reputation and have already gotten themselves quite in a, in a lot of trouble and you need to flee from that. And you say that I'm not taking. You see what you're doing? You're picking and choosing, which shows that you really weren't honoring to begin with, even when you were obeying. You were just doing what you thought was right, and if someone agrees with you, you'll do it. And that's a very dangerous thing because because then you transfer that over to your relationship with God. When God gives a command I like, I'll obey it. When he gives another command I don't like, well, that's something I'm going to neglect. It's kind of all or nothing. Now, I'm sitting here telling you that knowing that, no, I'm not a perfect man. I do not obey all the commands of God I long to. I fail, and when I fail, I repent and hopefully return and change and try to start again. But listen, neglect is a very, very dangerous thing. You neglect all my counsel. And he goes on and he says this, um, and did not want my reproof. So there's there's two things here, isn't there? You didn't want the counsel of God. And then when you started going down a wrong path, you didn't want God to tell you you were wrong. And if you will do that to God, you'll do that to parents and peers and friends and those above you and beside you and under you, you see. This is a very, very dangerous attitude. As I've said before, most of the things that I've been able to do in my life, exciting things, It wasn't because I was an expert in those things, but because I was with an expert and I submitted to their counsel. But with their counsel, it was also not only do it this way, Paul, but uh, Paul, you didn't do it this way and you need to change or you're going to get yourself in trouble. Do you see? So we, we shouldn't be this type of person who picks and chooses, because actually what we're doing is we're setting ourselves as Lord over whoever's given the counsel. So be very, very careful about that, especially when it comes to God. He says, you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. You did not accept it, is another word, or you did not comply. You may have accepted it, you know, with your actions in the sense of you seem to be paying attention. You may have accepted it with your words. You verbally agreed to it. But in reality, you didn't comply to it. You, you didn't comply to it. ESV translates. you would have none of it. So, so what he says is, you would have nothing to do with my reproof. You neglected all my counsel, and when I told you you were wrong, you would just have nothing to do with it. I can tell you, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, young people think that they, that they can really pull the wool over your eyes. I remember being in a Bible study recently and, and there were a few very uh, very well-instructed kids but who were very rebellious. And as I was teaching, um, boy, their eyes were wide open. They were looking right at me. They were paying attention. They were nodding their head and everything else. But I knew they weren't going to comply. They haven't complied in the past. And... um Look, it's hard to fool an old man, but it's impossible to fool God. You can fool an old man, but it's impossible to fool God. When you don't comply in here, he sees it. And sooner or later, everyone else will see it because what's in here eventually manifests itself in what you do with your, your mouth, your eyes, your hands, your feet, and so on and so forth. And so be very careful about trying to put on a mask of compliance when in your heart, all you're thinking of is, I can't wait to get out of here. And we also see that a lot of times with with children in Christian homes, it's like, boy, they will appear to be walking the walk and talking the talk. But in their heart, they're already saying, man, just got to play this a little bit longer until I get out, then I'm going to live my life the way I choose. Well, I want you to live your life the way you choose in many areas. I want you to choose the profession that that most delights you. I want you to choose a place to live. All these different things. But when it comes to the word of God, there is no choice. It is submit to his commands, to his wisdom and his precepts. Never forget that. Now, We're going to close uh, just by going to Isaiah here for uh, uh, just a second. Isaiah chapter 1. And we're going to see this in the book of Proverbs so often. But I wanted you to see it also in in other genres, in the prophecies of the Old Testament. So Israel is a rebellious nation. Chapter 1, verse 4 in this particular Time in history, a last sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, sons who act corruptly. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from him. You see, again, you don't have to necessarily shake your fist in the face of of the throne of God, but just you abandoned the Lord. You turned away. And why? Because you despised him. You did not esteem him. And then look at the result. Verse five. Where will you be stricken again as you continue in your rebellion? The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint from the sole of the foot. Even to the head, there is nothing sound in it. Only bruises, welts and raw wounds, not pressed out or bandaged nor softened with oil. Young people, I have seen this and this is why I'm telling you, don't. Get near the path of the wicked. Don't set your foot in the path of the wicked because sooner or later, it's going to grab you. I can't tell you how many drug addicts, alcoholics and stuff that, and that I've worked with, both in the United States and, and in Peru, in which they're literally living in a, a hole in Peru, a, a hole in the ground, out in a, a dump. And you're pleading with them. Look, this is killing you. And they'll say, I know it's killing me. I know it's killing me. I know it's destroyed my life and it's going to take my life. I know it. I know it. I know it. Well, but give it up. I can't. I can't. I hate it, but I can't. And so it's kind of like this. Um, Here's you and your little sin and you've got your little sin on a chain. But as, as time as you as you begin to entertain this t- sin and you don't put an end to it, what happens? In time it begins to grow and you begin to diminish and then you no longer have sin on a chain. Sin has you on a chain. You're no longer controlling that sin so that you can act like you're a moral person in public. But that sin is now controlling you. And that's why you don't make friendships with sin. And you don't walk in the path of the wicked because sooner or later your fate will be sealed in that path. And I've seen it. I've seen it. You may not believe me, but I have seen it so very often. People who wanted to be free, it seemed, but could no longer find it, find any way of freedom. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing. And that's what he says here. Look, every part of you is black and blue. Don't you see? You're wounded everywhere. Why do you keep doing this? Because as you love sin, you love sin more. And eventually it becomes your God. And it controls you. And then God says to them, you know, um, let's look over in chapter 1 of Isaiah Verse 18, he says, come now, let us reason together. Do you know you can get so entrapped in sin? You've decided you're not going to listen to God's counsel and you become so entrapped, you can't even reason anymore. You know, a person says, you know, yeah, I'm going to do this and I know it will kill me. I mean, that is not a proper use of, of reason. I'm going to do something that kills me, that you know will kill you. It's not a proper use of reason. God says, come now, let us reason together. Sit down, he says. Just think. He says, though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Truly, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And what he's saying is truly the mouth of the Lord has spoken. He's saying, look, this is me and I'm talking and my word is true. But know that that word is two different things. There's a promise of, of reconciliation in life. But there's also a promise that if you continue on this course, there's only death. N- n- don't just think that God's promises are true and faithful. God's warnings are true and faithful. They really are. Does he keep his promises? Absolutely. Does he keep his warnings about judgment? Absolutely. Absolutely. So so don't be like that. Don't be like a person who's just constantly, because of the life choices, are being beat up and beat up and beat up and beat up and beat up. And maybe even under God's discipline. Stop. Return to him. One last thing, and I just this is so important to point out, and, and I want you let's just run back for a moment to Proverbs. And, and it's this, it says, look, this seems harmless. Verse 25, well, not harmless, but it doesn't seem just mega rebellious. He says, and you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. Neglect and just Apathy. That's enough to kill you. The waywardness of a fool, the apathy of a fool. You see, just neglect. It's dangerous. It truly is. So I hope you never reach the point where you're just outwardly rebellious and vile. Yet at the same time, you can destroy yourself by being pretty civil and polite. You're sitting there listening. But you don't care. Please, don't be that way. All right, when we get back in our next study, we talked about wisdom's indictment here. Then we're going to talk about wisdom's scorn. And I know that's going to be a little bit hard to understand where wisdom actually turns against you. Turns against you. And we're going to see how that works itself out. And again... It doesn't be, it's not because that wisdom is inferior in some way. But it is because of your own actions. Know this. An old preacher used to say, there's a payday someday. And I want you to realize, there truly is. All right. We'll, we'll see you in the next study. And until then, please, please, study the Word. Meet with God in prayer. And have a wonderful life. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.